Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And we have a returning guest today who appeared back in November 2020, um, which is over two, two years ago, which is episode 102. Mike Battersby, who is the chairman and MD of Malguin Mineral Services Limited, otherwise known as um, MMS, uh, a privately owned limited company. Um, it's establishing itself as a world leader in the development and implementation of innovative, cost-effective technologies and processes in the field of mineral, chemical and waste processing. Uh, Mike has a background in mineral processing and started the business over 25 years ago, developing technology that can achieve significant environmental benefits in terms of uh, reduced energy and waste for operations. Um, The company has certainly grown significantly to what it has done today, um, and Mike's going to give us an update on what's been happening over the last few years since we last recorded uh, uh, an episode. So that's welcome, Mike, to the podcast. How you doing, Mike? Great, thank you, Rob. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's um, it's been a long two, two bit two and a half years, really. A lot of things have happened in that time, which, well, was still was going on at the start when we talked last time we did the first podcast. But you thought they'd have sorted itself out before they did. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully things have been sorted out by now. Uh, but there's always a few things that a uh, few things that still um, obviously affect affect our industry. Um, so obviously, those that didn't uh, didn't listen to the the previous episode, which I, I encourage you to go back, which was episode 102 um, back in November 2020. Um, I wonder if you can just give us a a, a, a career overview of of yourself, Mike um and let the audience so the audience know um a little bit about yourself yeah sure i I won't go as much detail as the original podcast but uh yeah as you said i'm a a mineral processor by uh, degree from cardiff university where i'm currently sitting based although i have been around the world a few times in between all that um yeah just you know normal experience into the industry operating mines gold mines diamond mines uh, base metal operations around the world. Ended up in Australia, where I took a, a course in innovation and entrepreneurship from Swinburne University that got me interested in, I suppose, new technology. Um, I then joined a technology company, Kahede uh, Humboldt Vidag, a German company, who eventually um, relocated me to the head office in Germany. And, and where I headed up a division that held all the new technology, uh, high-pressure grinding rolls and uh, pneumatic flotation. So uh, after six, well, six years with them, I really dis- decided to uh, that we could. There were some ideas that I had that I'd like to commercialize. I met the co-founder of Malgrim Mineral Services in Germany, Dr. Rainer Rimhoff. And he's an in, he's a guy who can invent to order, 
So we worked fantastically as a team. I, I had knew what the problems were in the industry and he could divide, divide, design the equipment and technology to solve those problems. And that's really how we started. And uh, in, in the last podcast, we I think it was 23 years we were, we'd been in business. We now, uh, last October, celebrated our, our, our 25 years anniversary. So still going strong. Um, and with what's happened in the last couple of years with uh, with Brexit and with COVID, um, yeah, we're, we're sort of reinvigorated and renewing our direction in that way, which I'd like to talk, you know, quite a bit about today in the, in this podcast. Yeah. So I just wanted to just give us a snap overview of uh, MMS, um, just so the audience are familiar with the uh, with the company. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we're, uh, we're we're a growing company. We have uh, we're based worldwide, but in small operations. So we don't have a, a Cardiff in Wales is our is our, what we call our administrative centre. But there's uh, a handful of people here in this office. We have a subsidiary in South Africa, which is uh, fairly autonomous and uh, I've just moved into a new facility, in fact. And that has about 40 or 50 uh, qualified people working, uh, working in, that, uh, in that department. And then we, we basically have a whole series of, uh, of engineers, agents, partners located and employees located around the world. Um, our technology... Uh, again, I went in detail in the first podcast, but uh, we ha we have the Arcad Reactor technology, which is a mass transfer device, which has really been accepted by the gold industry principally, and that can add a serious value to the bottom line of uh, gold mining operations. And, and in parallel to that, we have a flotation technology. We call Imaflot Ima reactor flotation. It's a type of pneumatic flotation, which again um, is is you know is is completely different to the standard tank flotation that's been around for a hundred hundred and twenty years now. Uh, and that is growing. There's a big growing interest in that this type of more efficient flotation. Uh, especially in the last few years with um, ESG issues coming up, in, uh, environmental social governance issues coming up. Um, we're, and we're developing a range of other products and processes that are based around our technologies. Um, obviously, we, we mentioned that, that, that over the last few years, a lot of things have been happening. So how have you and the, the company coped with the, obviously, the effects of both the, the coronavirus pandemic Brexit, as you mentioned, um, since our last uh, episode. Well, um, it, it was no beating around the bush. It's been really difficult. I just, I don't think just for us, I think for all similar size and types of companies. Uh, and, and in that as well, recently, you, you add the, um, the conflict in Ukraine that has uh, cut out a number of countries that we did have as clients or organizations as clients. So that the triple whammy of all three has, has really uh, had a major influence on us. The um, Brexit, and like like everybody else, we you could not travel internationally for what, probably two years on and off, mostly, mostly on. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, and when you're trying to, to sell and market equipment globally, it's very difficult. And so we obviously had to uh, 
you know, address like everybody the use of of uh, the internet and media, the likes of Zoom and Teams to have meetings with clients. But um, there's only so much you can do over the over the internet. And in fact, on the other side, although there was a lot of interest, so so there were a lot of engineers who normally would be based or visiting mining mining operations. Uh, a lot of them that weren't essential to the actual operation were were stuck at home, uh, working from home, and trying to support their their operations in that way. I'm talking about metallurgists and senior senior plant metallurgists, um, and they were, I suppose, twiddling their fingers. So that that is one area that they uh, they had a bit more time to look at new technology. So we did get a quite a few inquiries and discussions going. However. Um, you know the mining companies themselves were there was just no way they could place orders or change anything they were struggling to keep their operations going with a limited amount of staff working uh and it and it did make things uh extremely difficult we uh for for some we we we'd sold um a, a flotation plant to australia just prior i think to the uh, the various lockdowns but of course, in Australia, they, they they were really in lockdown, and it was just about impossible to get anybody into the country. In fact, for the mine itself, it was impossible to get people into state. So they really struggled and and delayed commissioning. I mean, it was month, well, probably well over a year. They they were held back from the from commissioning their technology simply for the lack of people. And in the end, we had to we had to instruct and do training and commissioning over the internet, which I have to say isn't isn't satisfactory. Uh, but that that was the way it was. Um, and I'll go in later. We've learned from all this, of course, for the future. But uh, it was you know it was very interesting. Um, for Brexit, we we have um, I, I think well, I, I, my my. Uh, Co-founder Dr. Reiner Imhoff is based in Germany, uh, and so we have a, a fairly large German presence, which is in the European Union. So, of course, Britain has now left the European Union, and in in these last two years, we've sort of felt that effect in the UK. Um, so we manif we sub manufacture a lot of equipment in well in Europe, in Germany particularly, but also in other countries in Europe, and uh, you know the bureaucracy now as a as a UK-based company to export equipment out of Europe is quite onerous in the bureaucracy. It it it, it still works as in the physical of get, can putting in containers and shipping it, but there's so many forms you now have to fill in. And in fact, um, we've had to, and this has just happened recently, we've actually formed a company a standalone company in the European Union, in a European Union country, simply because we needed an export number. It's called an EORI number um, that our, our customs agent was was providing on our behalf. But they basically said, "Look, you know, you've it's been eighteen months. We've been doing this. You 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 need to get your own number uh, because at some stage there'll be an audit, and we can't answer the questions of the audit people. So we've had to bite the bullet and and do that. And then there's you know there's a whole other range of bureaucracy, and in fact travel. I mean, I I uh, I've recently returned from Germany myself, and of course you have to stand in the non-EU passport line. You know, it's a little bit irritating, I have to say, and. Uh, yeah, it doesn't help, but you know these are the these are the barriers that are there, and um, 
Yeah, and as for the the war in Ukraine, it's it's uh, it's been difficult because up, uh, prior to it, one of our principal customers for our flotation technology was the state potash pr- pr- producer in in Belarus, which has, uh, as you know, the the British government, European Union, and America has added to the sanctions. Um, and although it's not it's not specifically detailed. Um, we we don't want to be seen to be supporting uh, the war in Ukraine. So as a, as a company and our shareholders and directors decided, we'd have to to uh, just to to uh, till till the sanctions were lifted, we would we would stop uh, selling equipment to to uh, Belarus Kali. But also just before the the invasion of Ukraine, we we actually signed the contract in Russia. Again, for a potash producer, and uh, where they they paid a down payment to us, but again, we we discussed it shareholders and directors, and we discussed it with the you know government agencies, and again decided it wasn't in our interests and we couldn't really continue with it. So we actually had to re- return the funds that they provided and and cancel the contract until. Until that time, there are no sanctions, but I can't see that happening in the immediate future. So, you know, to all intents and purposes, we've lost a couple of large markets there for our for our products. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously, quite a few quite a few challenges that you had there involved. Yeah, in those, I, I just those... just on the positive side and all that. So, with our uh, gold leach technology, our Arcan reactor, to offer support, we actually lease the equipment to the mine site on a monthly rental. Now, the one of the problems with Brexit, and mostly in Africa, say I would say 90% of our our installations are in Africa. And normally we'd, we'd be traveling to site every few weeks to refurbish equipment and maintain stock. So obviously we couldn't do that in, uh, in, in, in the lockdowns. But the operations were luckily they we we established these these are long term contracts, and the the operating staff on the mine had learned to do all this themselves. So all we had to do was with remote re, remote operation talking to them again on Zoom and Teams. They managed to get by and do all the stuff that was required until the the lockdowns, till the countries had opened up again. But of course, the good side they kept the, operating the equipment, and we they kept paying the monthly rental. So if we were a pure capital equipment sales, so you know original manufactured goods. I think we'd have really, like others, in fact, would have really struggled. The fact that we we our revenue probably didn't well, it didn't drop at all in the in this period, is uh, is very good fortune, and and you know really backs up that uh, that relationship we have with the clients. So on that basis, and especially for our African division, it worked it worked really well. Yeah, obviously with all these challenges that you had faced, um, has it changed how how M M uh, MMS, MMS actually works. Yeah, completely, absolutely, completely. We um, we now are set up for working with the internet. So you know, with with Teams and with Zoom, we know how it works. We know, you know, you, you, we know how to keep focus. We know how to uh, 
not bore if we're talking to clients, not to bore them to tears for having it too long. Uh, if we're talking with partners or engineering companies, providing the information in advance before going over it at the meetings, you know how this, the setup we have we have a boardroom here uh, that's set up with the, for conference calls where we have microphones that work. You can hear everybody. Uh, and it's it's all very good for the communications, and it does it will reduce the travel and workload for things for many areas, but it certainly doesn't replace that face to face to you know trying to introduce your a client in South America or in North America, Australia to to the uh, to the technology. Um, one of the biggest areas is that. Um, in that, in all that, we obviously didn't get access to our technology, and especially as I just mentioned, the lease, the lease equipment, the arc and reactors we had at remote sites. So we, and with you know, with a little bit of time on our hands, we right, we've got to nail this. So we we started developing you know on site on site uh, monitoring, off site monitoring of this technology. Uh, we manage this uh, first in South Africa. We have a few clients in South Africa. So we, we've tried it out on those operations, you know, to monitor where, to monitor pressures inside the technology and to just alert the operators to any anything untoward. But, you know, with, with all the things going on in our industry to do with artificial intelligence, we see really see this is the way forward. <clears throat> I, I think um, a lot of them were quite... Uh, you know, with a little bit wary of off-site people and off-company people monitoring what they were doing. Uh, you know, not necessarily, you know, not necessarily spying, but you, you probably, if you were a plant manager, you didn't want the world to know that your perhaps your equipment or your plant wasn't working to perfection. But I think now they've realised what a benefit it is and how much how helpful it can be to them, um, especially with the you know as. As you know, in the recruitment business, there's a huge shortage, uh, especially in the metallurgical area of, of mineral processing, uh, qualified tech, technical people. So by the, the monitoring of the uh, is offside monitoring and control of the technology even now, it's uh, we're, 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 we've started down the track. But I think it's going to be a huge, huge uh, business in the future. You know, and it's not just us. There's a whole range of, uh, of other people uh, looking at this. You know, not necessarily the robotics that the mining engineers are looking at for underground mining, but but certainly the uh, certainly the control of things. Um, yeah, and then again on the same the same sort of bend, we realize bent we realize that uh, you know we can't do everything from you know central headquarters in the UK or in Europe or in South Africa. So over the last two years, we've we've made a strong effort to acquire. Uh, in fact, good employees based based in different companies, good agencies, uh, good contract workers, and um, good uh, good good agencies, good laboratories, laboratory companies. So we 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 set off about eighteen months ago with the aim of getting somebody in just about all all countries. Um, it doesn't always work out. You know, some have dropped by the wayside. We've they're, they're not qualified in our in where we are or they're not the right type of person or they have the wrong background but we do and have established some really good uh relationships uh, i'll just name a, a few particularly turkey we have a, a, a 
an, in fact, an employee base there now who actually works for us in the UK, but is based in Turkey. He works with a, a Turkish agency company that's, that's doing exceptionally well, understands our technology. Um, we have a, a similar situation in Indonesia, and it's really the people that are involved in this. Um, we have good partners in Mexico and uh, a metallurgical laboratory that's also acting as a as an agent and then in australia we've partnered with uh, one of the principal principal laboratories there uh, in 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 our in our area um, independent metallurgical operations or independent met labs imo or iml that we've placed some of our tech laboratory technology with them and they can undertake that test work in australia without having to ship any samples to South Africa or to us in Europe. So uh, all these things, uh, yeah, it makes it makes life a lot easier and has progressed where we are with um, with with um, you know with how we operate and how we do things. I still yeah. I still I still have to travel quite a bit, but you know, hopefully these these guys and they're you know they're fast learners and they're actually very very good quality. I think that's the the, the core side of it. And hopefully with the other countries, particularly North America, USA, Canada, you know, we're, we're still on the search for somebody, somebody or some company suitable there to uh, to look after our interests. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, it has been a challenging two years. And, uh, and as you mentioned, you've you built up some of these um, some of these partnerships. Um, but as a company, you have sort of managed to expand. So I just wondered if you can just tell us a little bit about about some of your expansion plans that have ha occurred over the last few years um yeah sure the the biggest thing the biggest area is again to our our company in south africa i i did uh, allude to it that we we'd moved into a new premises um we we basically outgrew the the old premises we have a metallurgical laboratory and workshops and offices and we we outgrew it and we knew the lease was the lease on those premises were coming up some some years ago, so we set about and uh, you know we've designed a whole new a whole new offices laboratory and premises in the north of Johannesburg in the North Riding area, and it, although it's the, it's a lease building uh, on a long term lease now, we actually designed it with with architects. And it is a bespoke, and and I was privileged to be there in October of uh, of last year to do, to do the opening ceremony of opening the the offices and an open day. And I have to say, I've, it's the most amazing facilities. It's uh, you know, space is no object. We have a fantastically well stocked pilot plant. Uh, the hangar you you could you could fit a seven four seven Boeing jet in it. It's that big. Um, we have you know, the laboratory facilities, test works, and a separate analytical area, separate workshops, and then amazing offices, and um, all with a what twenty foot high dragon on the front of the building that you can see <laughs> from the road from miles around. Um, yeah, and they and the South African operations. Well, I said is going from strength to strength. So since the pandemic, I think we've signed another three three uh, companies. And operations uh, for the technology, the arc and reactor, and the processes associated with it. Uh, again, on lease on lease terms that we can we monitor and and look after things. 
and yeah, and it's it's just going from it's just going from strength to strength there. Um, we also our technologies we we've always believed is applicable more to than just mineral processing, and has applications in the environmental areas. Um, and we were fortunate to to join up with a company, uh, Mine Environment Environmental Management, uh, led by a guy called Steve Pierce. And well, they they're actually based also in Wales, but uh, in North Wales, they they have uh, offices. They've set up an office now in Southeast Wales, but they are they're environmental engineers, and they know they're very clever. Know the the processes and the the chemistry of water treatment, mine water treatment, and other and other areas, whereas we have the equipment side of the technology. So what we did, but uh, just over two years ago, we formed a company, uh, Cambrian Environmental Services. It's a 50-50 joint venture, principally to develop a process for the uh, act active treatment of mine waste, uh, of mine waste to reduce, you know, to to take out heavy metals and reduce uh, acid mine drainage, and and, and that areas. Um, just going going back a bit, a lot of a lot of work has been done into what they call passive treatment, uh, and that's really building wetlands around mines to treat runoff water from tailings dam that contains, uh, you know, st- uh, dissolved uh, dissolved metals. So this is ancillary to that because those those areas, you know, they're like a scrubbing process, but the process we're trying to develop. Will actually take out the metals and process them, so they can be used as a positive cash flow, and hopefully pay for the for the whole waste treatment process. Um, we we received a grant from the uh, Natural Resources Wales, which looks after the old, all the various old mines in Wales, and there's a lot of historical old lead zinc mining here going on for a couple of centuries, in fact. And there are some issues of some, you know, some very beautiful areas of Wales that the waterways have been a little bit polluted with the likes of of heavy me- heavy metals, cadmium and arsenic and things like that. So they we have a grant and are developing that process in conjunction with those people. Um, but you know, we hope it can be expanded globally and can be can be used worldwide. We have we do have interest with mining operations in Canada and Australia already, who are watching what we're doing. So that's that's one area we're looking at on the environmental side. But also, again, with our technology, um, there's there's the whole talk about carbon and the carbon footprint footprint, um, and we're looking at carbon sequestration in mine waste. And again, with our technology, you know, provided by the lead of the uh, the chemists and the technical people from uh, mine environmental management, who are you know world experts in this, we think we can come up with some process to se- sequester carbon within mine tailings and mine waste, um, which will you know uh, substantially reduce the the global uh, you know carbon footprint, especially of mines, but you know hopefully of the the whole environment. So, so that's that's in so the early stage. We're in the laboratory side of laboratory test work side of things, but we do have some uh, some some great hopes for it all. So, yeah, those are a couple of areas, um, and then the third one in which well, this the third one 
out of four is we've uh, we basically decided that that some of us here in the organizations are getting long in the tooth. Uh, you know, you reach a certain age and, you know, you just sit there on your laurels and stuff and you think, oh, do we have to think of anything new? But we decided, no, no, we've got to, there's got to be some succession planning. And on that basis, we've we've gone out and uh, recruited some uh, some very clever engineers and scientists to our organization. Um, uh, so, you know, a couple of doctors with PhDs, uh, one one based in Norway, one based in in Freiburg, who are you know thinking about the next step and the next technology, um, and then we've recruited some young engineers uh, again because I suppose because of COVID they're based around the world. So uh, we have a couple who work for us in the UK, but are based currently in South Africa. We have an engineer who's based in France. Who, who works is our engineering manager in fact who works for us so really we've gone out and it's it's been difficult as you know in the recruitment area but it's through through people and word of mouth of people we know we've managed to attract some uh, some very high high caliber people to the organization um and we did this because when again in the lock having a bit of time in the lockdown and not traveling we we looked at what was going on in the industry and and especially the mining side of things where they're looking to you know mechanize with robots and artificial intelligence and in our in the processing side we're we're not that advanced we still we're actually pretty you know we're pretty dumb processing you know the, the flotation process we talk about you know it hasn't really changed in 120 years you know it's it's still putting material into a big tank with a big stirrer and hope and adding reagents and hoping it fl it floats um it's it's quite an inefficient process you know that does leave you know five ten percent of the the material left in the in the tailings and when when you add that up that's a considerable amount so what we're looking at is you know really improving processing inefficiencies and yeah, we we've we've have some quite unique ideas, and we're we're looking to develop those. And but we need some quality people to do that. It's a little bit beyond our, our mature people's uh, intelligence, or or probably more energy levels than intelligence. But uh, to do that, uh, and that's where we're gonna where we're looking to go. So this is why we've collaborated, and in particular with. Uh, a research institute in Germany, the, the Helmholtz Institute Freiburg, uh, part of the Helmholtz Research Group in Germany. They they have fantastic facilities in Freiburg in the old eastern eastern Germany, an old historic mining area, and put through a lot of the a lot of it's a teaching university, but mostly masters and uh, PhD students, and there's an awful lot going on there. And so, in fact, we've taken offices and, and uh, renting some laboratory space there to do this pure research into increasing the efficiencies of minerals extraction. And I would add that, um, you know, we're looking at what's going on with uh, the, uh, of the SpaceX and the race to space. And, you know, people who have these ideas about mining on Mars and mining asteroids and well, I'm not I'm not qualified to say if it's going to happen 
in the near future or the long-term future or if ever. But it certainly is a challenging environment to process in the process minerals in that type of environment. So we're obviously we're looking we're, we're looking at that for inspiration. What would you do? How would you actually extract on Mars? And that can be, you know, increasing efficiencies that can be related back to to any developments we, we do on on this planet. Um, so, yeah, exciting times. It, I, I suppose it's the most uh, the most areas we've looked at new, di new and different and varied technologies since we started 25 years ago. Uh, and I, you know, it's all really down to, uh, well, the change of the industry to do with with what's happened with the pandemic, but also the acceptance that, uh, you know, all mining companies you'll see have to do the the ESG side of things, environmental, social, governments, which including apart from the, you know, energy requirements, water requirements, looking after the the local inhabitants around their mines, not polluting the area, all those things. It's also increasing the efficiency of separation, not leaving, you know, not putting too much into the tailings and into the waste. Um, so, yeah, so that's the other, that's the, the, the big input from their side. So taking it all together, I think it's uh, quite exciting times for our industry. Yeah. So, what about some of the, some of the other projects in some of the er other areas of the world that you've been involved in? If there's any that you want to highlight, um, well, just yeah, we're um, we've um, so in, in the pandemic, we dis we started discussing uh, you know with clients about placing our technology there, but of course. You know, it, it wouldn't happen until the end of the pandemic. But now, thankfully, for uh, probably what a year now, half a year, we've been opened up. And in fact, China's just just really opened up. Although I have to say, I, I'm not sure I'd want to go there just yet. Um, but um, yeah, so in that, we've we've basically received now some orders. So for our flotation equipment, we have some really interesting projects uh, in Turkey for a flotation plant, and then in uh, Azerbaijan for a flotation plant with, a, you know, one of the uh, mid-level uh, copper producers that's looking to grow into uh, the next tier of producers. It's it's a London-listed company, and we're very excited to be working with them. You know, they're, they're well, very professional in the way they go about their uh, their geology and their mine plan. And now we we're hoping to you know well we're partnering them with the in the in in the processing side of things with their operation, and yeah so um, where the, the the plant is in it's an expansion of an existing operation, the uh, the technology is in manufacture at the moment, and we're hoping to commission there in uh, in a, in a few months' time, so we're very excited by that. Uh, a similar uh, couple of areas in fact in Turkey. Um, which is, as I said before, with a good agents and the good people there, there's a huge a lot of of mining and and development work going on in Turkey at the moment. And in fact, Turkey as a as a um, what do you call it a springboard into the other stands, let's say the uh, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, those sort of areas, uh, rather than the the support from Russia, which has we've said is a bit difficult now you know they they want they're basically moving in there in a in a quite a large way the engineering companies so that's it's a good place to be based turkey 
and uh, and well, hopefully, I'm next month. I'll have an extended extended visit there. Um, and then, yeah, then with our Arkan technology, we're, uh, we're we're very close to some interesting developments in the silver side of things in a number of in a number of countries. Uh, we we do have a couple of contracts that are, have have actually been signed, but we have some bigger ones in the pipeline that are yeah just you know the legalities of uh, of such contracts are going on. But we're pretty hopeful and pretty much exciting that's that's going to happen. In the meantime, the game with the Arkan technology for gold leaching, we have a, an operation in Indonesia where they've um, they've had some issues. And we've actually had a trial there with one of our reactors for uh, the last year, and it's it's on a short-term lease basis, and it really has demonstrated itself in the increase in recovery and the major reduction in um, in 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 reagent consumption. They they had to be not going too much in the technical details. Uh, and technology adds oxygen to pulp. And and is a high shear and and causes some shear reactions there. In their operation, they had to add additional peroxide to increase the oxygen levels. And as soon as they started the Arkan reactor up, they they didn't need any more peroxide, which was basically about half of their uh, reagent consumptions. So even even on the reagent consumptions alone, it was a you know it was a really good uh, a, a plus for them. Let alone the, the large increase in recovery. So they've now signed uh, permanent contracts for long-term leases of of that and other other equipment as well. So um, yeah, it's uh, exciting times, and we have you know quite a large pipeline of uh, of, of various uh, various uh, sales and leases you know going ahead as we speak and in for the the coming twenty twenty three. Yeah, that's good to hear. Obviously, being involved in the technology space, would you say the the technology advancements over the last few years has been sort of um, increased compared to other other years, just because of what's happened in the world and effect it has had on businesses? Um, no, the the us as technology people. And uh, you know other companies. You know there's some very major metallurgical supply companies around. You know around here, multinationals uh, around the world, and also a lot of mid-tier and a lot of small companies like ourselves. Where I think our focus has has been on that. Um, you know they're just really surviving, getting the sales in, making sure that the uh, the sales doesn't drop or the profits don't drop. But yeah, the industry, and that's the mining companies, you can see they've been demanding you can't the status quo is not acceptable. We want to do we want to improve the process. Uh, you, you can't stay where you are. So the the big guys, uh, you know the, the FL Smiths of this world and the Metso Autotech, you know they've, they've acknowledged this and they're making all the, the noises that yes, right. And they're investing in their their technology, developing it. Uh, I think FLS is a, uh, I think they call it zero, zero, zero carbon, or there's a there's a, you know, there's a buzzword for it. But we're we're all starting that now, which hasn't actually led to any particular innovation or change of what we've done before. But I think in the coming years, I think it's all going to happen, from big to small people. 
because it, it's actually demanded by the uh, and it's the major players. You know, it's the Anglo Americans, the Rio Tintos, the BHPs of this world, the Vale. You know, they realise they they can't sit still, especially related to the ESG requirements. Their shareholders are asking them, "What are you doing? You know, why are you why are you why is your recovery so low?" Why are you leaving valuable material in the tailings? Things like that. Um, so that's the pull. Not necessarily from the new guys. They just want to get their minds into operation in any shape or form. But uh, certainly the big guys are, you know, are looking at what they what they can do and how they can manage the environment around them. So yeah, it's it's a good place for us all, I think. Um, you're a director uh, and an immediate past chairman of uh, SEEK, um, the Coalition for Minerals Efficiency. Um, we didn't discuss this in the, the podcast that we recorded two years ago. Um, I just wanted if you can give us a, an oversight of what SEEK is and what are their objectives. Well, yes, and um, thanks for the opportunity um, to do this. It, it's uh, probably a bit of a, a plug for something that is probably the most valuable thing to our industry globally. Um, SEEK was, was an idea thought up, well, it came into, came into fruition in, in 2011 uh, by some, some clever people in Australia who realised that, you know, we are using, mineral processing uses so much energy to grind and crush and grind and blast uh, minerals before the for the extraction process you know and this there's been some work studies done on it you know and we mineral processing uses something like four to five percent of the the global world's energy the global world's electricity in in generating that liberation um so these people and then the idea came from liz lewis gray of uh, a gecko uh company they're, they're a medium-sized equipment company similar to ours. And she wanted to know, well, what are we doing as people in the industry? So she she talked to some, uh, you know, to, to some people she knew in that industry from the mining the mining side and from the research side. A guy, uh, Dr. Uh, Professor Tim Napier-Munn from the University of Queensland. Queensland and they, they formed SEEK. SEEK the co what then was the coefficient of e-coefficient comminution. And it was basically just a, a, it's a charity. It's not for profit organization, really just to educate and you know, give information out there to the industry of how best to operate the equipment you have or design new equipment and installations to reduce uh, the initial side was to reduce the energy in getting to that liberation of minerals. And, uh, I, I was invited shortly after that, I think it was about 2012, to come on board as a director. So there's a volunteer board of directors. Uh, I think currently there's eight of us worldwide based all over the world just to oversee and, uh, you know, and give direction to that, uh, to, to that vehicle. Um, it needed, it needed uh, some, some input and some funding. So we went cap in hand to some of the major, well, some equipment suppliers and mining companies. And uh, yeah, currently we have a, a whole range of, of industry sponsors from, you know, Tech, Molly, Molly, Mollycop, Eries, FLS, Asenco, Centara Gold, a whole range of industry sponsors 
who 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 pay a, a yearly sponsorship fee, which is, allows us to employ some uh, a small number of staff to generate uh, that information. In the early days, we provided webinars. Oh, well, in fact, before webinars became up, just uh, conferences and information on the website about. Uh, what technology was around and what papers had been written by peers, peer people and peer review uh, work into how you actually reduce your energy footprint. Um, then we developed that into, well, we can do a bit more here. So we, we developed what we call the energy curves. And this is where mining operations provide us confidentiality, confidentially their energy input of all the equipment they have in the process plant and certain other criteria. And we can then input that into a database, a confidential database that generates where they sit on the cost curve of energy requirements for their particular material. So uh, the big ones were copper, copper processing and gold processing. And I think, in fact, copper processing, I think we've captured over 80, 85% of all the world copper operations. And what they can see is where their actual mine is, where it sits on this energy curve as to how much energy they use compared with uh, how much they produce, their, their throughput or their copper production. So only they know what it, where it is and what it is, but they can see... Uh, you know, if they come down, if they can work to come down that, that energy curve, they can see, um, you know, where they are and how much they can increase. And this has been very valuable to a number of these major operations. It gives them something to work to. Um, so that, that's, that happened and went on for, for a number of years. But then we thought, well, this is such a good thing. We can expand all this by looking at water as well. Um, and water efficiencies so now we're we're actually uh we're including water consumption and we have some some uh you know some new initiatives going on now so we're we're actually working with the it's, it's really the next stage and we're we're just about releasing now the global water initiative and this involves the university of british columbia and the sustainable minerals institute uh and smi ice in chile and in fact, many others uh, who are, you know, funding this to research to research again in a similar fashion to fashion to energy, where the where can we can we save water, how we can recycle water, how can we reduce water consumption on these operations, um, and really to develop the um, to develop further rather rather than just water and energy. Let's just look at hey minerals efficiency, and you know increasing how we the efficiency that we extract minerals at reducing costs and reducing the footprint of how we extract. So what we actually did in the the end of last year, we rebranded Seek International, and now we simply call Seek International the Coalition of Minerals Efficiency. Um, we we um, I, I I've been. So the first, uh, the chair before me was Joe Pease of uh, formerly of, uh, of Glencore and Mount Isa Mines in the operations. But uh, he's been a, a consultant for Mineralis for a number of years. Uh, I took over from him in the chair 
and was was chair of the organization for four years. I, I stepped down at the end of last year and now Mark Allen, uh, based in Perth, he's he's uh, an energy consultant. He's now stepped into the chair. But what we did manage to do, to we managed to recruit a new president and including uh, as, as an executive director. And this is Janine Herzig. Janine is a, a mineral processor, but a former, she's former past president of the Oz IMM in Australia and, and many other institutions, in fact. Um, she's now uh, works part-time as staff as the president, but is also a director. She's given us a huge impetus and now we've recruited, uh, she has two or three assistants to help us expand the, the whole operation. But again, I said, we are, um, we're all really there sponsored by the industry. So I would certainly call on anybody listening to this from a mining or equipment organization to have a look at SEEK. Most people, I think, in the industry do know uh, what SEEK is and uh, what's it about but really, we do need we do need the sponsorship to to uh, to keep going and and survive and get the message out there. As I said, it's a completely charity. It's a voluntary organisation, not for profit. Um, you know, we have Anglo American sponsors, Osenko, Centara, uh, as I've mentioned, Hud Bay Minerals, Magato, Maptech, Metsuototech, Mollycorp, Newmont Corporation, STM Minerals, Tech Resources. And then universities and and wheat and precious metals. So we have some named organisation sponsors sponsoring, but really we do need the support of other organisations to, you know, we're representing the industry globally to organisations outside the industry who are watching what we're doing as a as a mining as a mining group and a processing group, and uh, and how we're really trying to uh, do our bit to to improve the planet. And yeah, Rob, that was my sales pitch for the uh, for Seek. Yeah, and we're, our, we're our include... strap word, our strap word is Seek the Future. Yeah, and we'll include some of that information in in the show notes so people can uh, access that and uh, look into it. That's um, great. Thanks for that. So, lastly, um, concluding, just wondered what the outlook is for um, MMS. Um, for the next sort of 12 to 18 months. Obviously, you've uh, gave us a, uh, an in-depth um, analysis of what, what you have been doing over the last two years. What's the what's the ne- next 12 to 18 months going to look like? Well, we're, um, we are, we're flat out. We've, we've reached our limit with the people, in, internal people we have. Uh, you, we, we are looking to expand with, New quality with more qualified people, um, and it's not easy. As again, you know, there's there's very few people out there with enough experience. I mean, there's a lot of older guys like ourselves. Well, there's some older guys like ourselves who have a wealth of experience, but then uh, a period, I suppose, 10, 20 years after us, there's a there's a gap where a lot many that were industry left the industry. And others, you know, just disappeared. And there's those people with, say, 10 years experience, very difficult to find. Um, and that's the sort of people we, we, we're looking for. It's, it's easier to recruit newer graduates because there is, you know, some, in, some people coming through now. Um, but it's the experienced people. So, so really, our, our outlook is maintaining where we are 
in our in our sales. You know, we don't want to, we can't expand that too quickly because we'll get caught out, basically. Uh, however, with the, the the research and development side of things, we're going to use that time where we do have the people, the ideas, and uh, the resources, in fact, to investigate and take that to the next level. So that's really a, is going to be one of our is going to be our major focus for expansion. Okay, continue with what we're doing now without getting caught out by expanding too quickly. You know, taking contracts that we can't uh, that we can't deal with. Um, however, on the areas where we, we do have the resources, you know, in the academic side, in the research side, in the thinking side, advance that to, uh, you know, to, to get to the next product. And then in, the, in parallel to that, obviously look for funding to fund that type of expansion. You know, we realize we can't do this on our own. And uh, there's, you know, there's partners out there, there's people in the industry, other organizations that are looking for the same things we're looking at. So I'm sure we'll, uh, much of it will be with joint venture partners and external funding and, and take things to the, to the next level. So that's really where we, uh, we see our growth and our future for the long, long term, you know, to the 20, to Mars and the 21st century. Yeah, no, I understand. Well, Mike, really appreciate your time uh, and give us an overview of um, Al Green and um, and what you've been doing over the last, obviously, two years. Um, and obviously, you've got big plans for the, the future um, over the next, obviously, few years. If our audience wants to uh, reach out to you, if they've got any questions that they want to ask, um, how can they go about doing that? How can they follow you? What social media platforms are you on? Mm. Yeah, we're we're very much you know across the board. We we have our website. I mean, uh, milegreen.com. I'm sure you can you can find it. We're the only company that's spelt like that. So whatever you type in close to Milegreen, it's going to come out as us. Just look for the red dragon. But we are we're actually and and I I didn't mention it, but yeah um yeah with uh, with the lockdown, we've really expanded social media, especially with LinkedIn. So uh, all our, we encouraged all our people to be very active with their own profile in LinkedIn and with our company profile, the Malguin, Malguin Mineral Services and our South African company, the Turkish operations, the Indonesian, they're all posting in LinkedIn. I'm sure anybody in the industry will have seen all this. So you can follow us on LinkedIn, uh, you know, the website, you can contact me direct. I'm sure you're going to put all the details in the, the notes of the podcast. Yeah, and we're very we're very happy and pleased to talk with anybody and and everybody about uh, partnerships and where they want to go with their technology and their their operation. Yeah, well, like I said, Mike, really appreciate your time and uh, give us an overview of obviously Malgrin. Um, very obviously detailed, um, and looks like your your company are going further and further and helping a lot of companies with obviously with their mineral processing. Um, so obviously. Um, wish you luck for your obviously continued success um, and those that are listening uh, as always appreciate if you can share this episode with others around uh, around the world um, and obviously if you know people within the process inside um, please even if you're a mine engineer or geologist and you listen to this please share this with um, people in the mineral processing so they can get to understand a little bit about Malgrin, um, what they do um, because it can certainly help operations or 
companies that are going into operations with some of their mineral processing and some of the technologies that these guys are developing. So as always, appreciate your continued support and please keep sharing this episode. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.